Welcome to episode three of Hangtime Indiana, part of State Champs Indiana. This is our weekly podcast. My name is Greg Regstraw, Vice President of the ISC Sports Network. Drake Wally from Shine 99 in Frankfort and Clinton County talking all things Indiana high school basketball with you. Drake, we have fooled them for two consecutive weeks. <laughs> all of our relatives, parents, twice removed, have watched this podcast enough where they keep having us back on a weekly basis. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. It's great to be back. And, uh, you know, it's been an absolute joy and an honor to bring this podcast to everybody. Thousands of people watching, thousands of people viewing our highlights and everything, as well as, as me. I've actually gone back and uh, seen some of our highlights. And, Greg, it's every single Wednesday that the basketball fans in Indiana can tune into State Champs, Hangtime Indiana, right here, bringing it to you for all things high school basketball in the Hoosier State. And just like I have, they can also go back and check all the highlights out on our Facebook page at State Champs Indiana or on Twitter at State Champs Indy. And on there, we have a wonderful story about It's a little off topic from basketball, but it's equally impressive. 32 straight consecutive state titles from the Carmel girls swim team. There's a wonderful story on that. And you can definitely go check that out as well. That's longer than you've been alive. It is. <laughs> Not me, but longer than you've been alive. Five U.S. presidents have been uh, have been uh, in, in charge of this country in the span that they have been winning state titles. So very impressive. Greg, tell us a little bit more about some of the, uh, some of the occurrences that we have uh, witnessed since our last podcast in the world of basketball. Well, seemingly we start with Warren Central every week. Of you course. Know, so why would we change anything on, on the, although this was frankly from a competition standpoint a bit of a down weekend for them now it is rare you say that about the likes of north central and muncie central who is who they played on friday and saturday but coach thompson's doing a great job at muncie central they're not at the level of a warren central right now and brian hahn will do a fantastic job replacing doug mitchell at north central but it's going to take a couple of years to kind of get that program back towards the upper end, I would say, of the Mick, if, if not as soon as next year. And Warren Central cruised past both those teams and remained the number one team in the state. It was also a double-up weekend for Carmel right behind them at number two. And Carmel basically played the same game twice. Uh, they scored 40-something. Their opponents scored 30-something. It's pretty much the way Carmel plays most every week. I was on the call of Carmel and Ben Davis for the ISC Sports Network. A fantastic game 49-39 Carmel won that one it had the feeling of a postseason game because that's the tenor of games you're going to play once we get to the month of March and once you're playing to advance on in your season then the next night Carmel beat Newcastle by a score of 44 to 36 let's put it this way Carmel played three times last week no team they played got into the 40s against them in their three wins because they beat <laughs> Anderson basketball. on Tuesday, and it's exactly what makes them great. Uh, they're not a very, they're not an overly deep basketball team this year. They play four seniors in a six-man rotation, but teams simply do not score against them. The most points Carmel's given up all season was 61 in the opener to Zionsville before <laughs> Thanksgiving. So Warren Central wins primarily because of their defense. Carmel wins because of their defense. Lawrence Central, I think, can play a similar style to them mm -hmm. at number three. As those teams remained unchanged in the AP poll this week, it was all the teams behind them that really kind of turned over because you had all those teams in the Indianapolis area, Pike and Zions, and Brownsburg, kind of beating one another as they would play. And I think you'll kind of see that revolving door continue really from, say, spot five on down. Floyd Central 
has been thought by both the AP and the coaches to be the best 4A team outside of the Indianapolis area. And they're at number four in both those polls. Then you kind of see things change after that where the coaches poll and the AP poll kind of mm-hmm. vary from that point in time forward. This week, the coaches thought all the great 4A teams were from central Indiana. Not so much. You saw kind of Penn and Munster and South Bend Riley uh, getting into the top 10 this week in terms of of what 4A basketball is concerned. I think in the Indy area, I think you can say, listen, there's Carmel, Warren, and LC, mm-hmm. and there's about Absolutely. this much that separates those three teams. Yep. Again, Warren and Carmel play in February, and then after that, Carmel would not see those two teams again unless they would play one of them in the 4A state championship game Warren Central and Lawrence Central are in the same sectional. So they will find out February the 17th when or if they would meet for a third time this year. And, Drake, that's just the, the 4A, let alone getting into <laughs> 3A, into 2A, or 1A. Uh, so, again, that, it's, it, was, it was kind of your typical week in 4A where teams 1, 2, and 3 played like the three best teams in the state. The teams right below them, largely you go, they're all really good, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure there's a big difference between, say, the fourth best team in 4A and the 15th best team in 4A. They're all really solid. So, uh, discussing this last month in the regular season in boys basketball, sure. um, I know that, that we just briefly touched on, on, on the big dogs, but uh, what are some of the teams that really have a lot of momentum going Going into tournament time. Well, I tell you what. What's interesting is is that both of the two undefeated teams remaining in boys basketball are both in three A uh, in terms of Northwestern and Delta. Uh, Delta kind of jumped Greensburg in the polls this week. Greensburg has lost just one time. That was in the Wedding Invitational over in Richmond, where they were in the same field as Zionsville and Cathedral and Bloomington South. That was the best that field in Richmond, I think, really has ever been, and that's Greensburg's only loss of the season. So the three A poll has been very stagnant because those teams really haven't played each other all of that much. Silver Creek and Brown Center kind of the exception of that being in the same conference in the same sectional down in sectional 30 and 3A. But to me, that is one of the stories that we've got this year in boys basketball. Last year it was, all right, can Warren Central finish the year undefeated in 4A and that they did. Mm -hmm. Obviously it carried over deep into this year, having that 46-game winning streak that you've alluded to. Mm -hmm. But in terms of unbeatens in Indiana high school boys basketball, we got two of them left, and they're numbers one and two this week in 3A, Northwestern and Delta. And again, the job that Mark Detweiler has done at Delta is phenomenal. Just his second season, spent nearly 20 years as the head coach at Union County, built that into a strong, solid, small-town program in 2A in southeastern Indiana, jumps up to a bigger level, and has Delta playing uh, uh, a level of basketball they haven't seen since the early 2000s when they were the 3A state champs back in 2002. Well, you know, with all this talk, about boys basketball we do have the rest of this month to conclude the regular season before sectional play begins but one thing that we will touch on briefly is what's going to be happening this week and that is girls sectional so tell us a little bit about the 1a matchups that you're really wanting to look at. i know we kind of alluded to it last week but with it coming up tell us a little more about what you're looking to see well there are two sectionals that catch my attention in class 1a and first of all is the fact that vincent's reveal we talk about there's only two undefeated teams in boys basketball remaining the state there are more of them
them on the girls' side of the ledger. Mm-hmm. You've got Penn and Crown Point in 4A, but Vincennes, Reve in 1A, and we'll start with 1A right there. Mm-hmm. They are number two in the state. Michigan City Marquette is number one, the defending champs. Those two met in a fantastic 1A state championship game last year at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. I think a lot of us expect them to meet again mm-hmm. in the 1A state championship game. We've got the Nolan Twins for Michigan City Marquette. They're going to play at St. John's next year. Grace Wagner is going to play at IU next year for Vincent Reve. She's going there on an academic scholarship, but as a preferred walk-on on the basketball team for head coach Terry Morin. But I think Reve has the much more immediate challenge than, say, Marquette Catholic does. They play Lagoti, uh, and probably I don't think they meet until the sectional final of that, if I remember the brackets properly. But that's number two and number five in the state. And when they played earlier this season, it was a close game that Reve was was easily able to eke out. I shouldn't say easily. Uh, it was a close one that they were able to get by and, and get that victory to stay undefeated on the season. So in 1A, it's not an opening round matchup. But that's kind of the matchup that I've spotted, number two versus number five, very early in the draw. The other one a little closer to home to me. They're not ranked, but they've had one of their best seasons in school history. Mama Mater in Lanesville has never won a girls' basketball sectional. Wow. They won their first conference title in girls' basketball this year. They've been a member of their current conference, the Southern Athletic Conference, for 40 years and have never won a conference championship. They have done so. They have beaten the other teams in their sectional by at least 13 points, Looking at playing either New Washington or South Central coming up on Friday, if Mother Nature allows the sectional schedule to hold exactly. because of the record cold temperatures we've been dealing with this week. That's a six-team sectional. You would think they'd be able to kind of get back to, to playing on time and playing on Friday night. So always have an eye towards on what's going on in my hometown. But there's some historical perspective there, too, trying to advance past the sectional round for the first time in girls basketball. And 1A basketball might be a little bit small time, but it provides some of the most interesting matchups. And then so does 2A basketball. And some of the things that I'm looking for, some of the games that I'm looking to watch uh, to start off, have it right here. We have Oak Hill versus North Miami. Obviously, this happens in sectional number 37. Oak Hill has started off the season 18 and 4. They're one of the strongest teams in 2A. And they uh, Todd Law has got the has got the Golden Eagles 7-0 and in the Central Indiana Conference, completely undefeated in conference play. North Miami on the other end, almost the same record, 15-6. and And Lori Working is coaching them to a 5-4 and conference record in the three rivers maybe not as good as the golden eagles but they will put up a fight and it'll be a great game and i'm looking uh they're actually looking to improve and this this is the warriors that we're discussing here 31 percent field goal percentage for the season so to defeat the eagles they're going to have to improve a little bit on that and junior bailey klein actually leads the charge 15.6 points a game five rebounds a game, three assists. Greg, what do you look for in this matchup? Well, Oak Hill, you know, I think has to be the favorite. And in North Miami, everybody in that sectional knows Oak Hill is a perennial power. Mm -hmm. The job that Todd Law has done, and Oak Hill is so lucky on both the girls' and the boys' side, where they have had coaches in place for many years. Kevin Renbarger on the boys' side. And so it's not surprising that Oak Hill was in the 2A state championship game two years ago, beaten by Eastern of Pekin. The boys won the 2A state championship (laughs) last year, and Oak Hill has made many appearances over the years on both the girls and boys side deep into the postseason so again North Miami is a solid team but Oak Hill perennially is the favorite in that sectional well there's one more game that I'd like to discuss and that is Central Noble versus Westview so we've have we've got Central Noble who is maybe even more of a power than the Golden Eagles sitting at 22 and 
bagel. No losses at all. And uh, Josh Trish is leading the Lady Cougars to an undefeated season. Also 10-0 in the Northeast Corner Conference. Completely undefeated in conference play. Completely undefeated in non-conference play. Sydney Freeman averaging 18 points a game. 4.9 rebounds. And get ready for this. Five steals a game. That is insane. Those are insane numbers. And then we go over to Westview. They are sitting at 14 and 8. Maybe not an undefeated record, but still reputable and still tough. And now they, uh, Randy Yoder is coaching the Lady Warriors through a good 2018 and 2019 campaign. And uh, Ashia Klopkenstein is leading the Warriors 16.8 points a game, 10 rebounds, double-double on the year to go along with two steals a game and two assists per game. Greg, talk a little bit about Central Noble versus Westview. Central Noble is really good. <laughs> How about that for insight? Hashtag analysis. Central Noble is the defending 2A state champs, and you reference Sidney Freeman. It's an inside-outside combo. It's what Sidney can do in getting to the basket, creating easy points by getting those five-plus steals a game. But Malia Leatherman is their returning post-star from last year as well. And again, that was the theme of virtually all the teams that played for a girls' basketball championship last year at Bankers Life Fieldhouse, other than Greensburg, who's had a really good year. And we'll probably talk about them in, in 3A coming up in a matter of moments, but virtually everybody returned their entire starting lineups intact as Central Noble did coming back this year. So there's a reason why they are and O oh, and a heavy favorite in 2A, and I'll kind of cross-pollinate a bit here. It would not surprise me if both state champs in 2A and the girls and boys side come from this sectional because I think you can make a great argument that Westview is one of the favorites for the boys state championship in mm-hmm. 2A the folks at Southwestern of Hanover the folks at Shenandoah the folks at Linton Stockton uh, and other schools in 2A say wait a minute what about us no you're really good too but Westview <laughs> has proven it by playing several 4A teams namely having competed against Center Grove and Valparaiso and competed very well against those teams on the boys side in the Raymond James Hall of Fame Classic but mm-hmm. when it comes to the girls side of things I think Central Noble's the heavy favorite here once they would face an Oak Hill later on in, in terms of the girls tournament that's a team that that could trip them up and once you get then to the teams from the southern half of the bracket in 2A whether it's Winchester whom they played last year whether it's Triton Central who's number two whom they played in their regular season very good team and Central Noble got a close win when those two teams played early again Central Noble's the favorite in this sectional and clearly a favorite to get downstate for a second consecutive year well and as we've said before we've said it with the boys we've said it with the girls 2a wide open i mean with the exception of maybe central noble it is a tough tough class it's going to be a tough sectional but uh enough with 2a for now let's discuss 3a greg tell us a little bit about some of the matchups that we are looking to really dive into for 3a basketball two words for you north and western (laughs) there's your 3a discussion and, and again, everyone else in 3A has kind of seen this coming just because they're led by a pair of sophomores last year and get to a state championship and win uh, in Madison Layden and in Kendall Bostic. And now they come back, uh, and it is a deep team around them as well. They have three losses this year, two to out-of-state teams, and one of the seventh-ranked team in 4A in North Central. Northwestern, because of how their conference is set up, the Hoosier Conference, only have to play five league games. The four teams in their division and then their championship game, which was against Central Catholic, mm-hmm. a ranked team in 2A, which they won that one by 17 the <laughs> night before wow. they then lost to North Central at Bankers Life Fieldhouse as part of Basketball Day Indiana uh, a little less than two weeks ago. Northwestern is the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. There are some other really good teams. In fact, by the time that our viewers watch this podcast, one of the number three or number four teams in the state in three will have been knocked out 
because Norwell and Belmont played each other on the opening night on Tuesday. It was one of two games in the state that had teams ranked in the top 10 facing each other first night out of the shoot in terms of, of, of the Tuesday night draw. Um, you know, Mishawaka Marion, solid every year. Mm-hmm. But again, they were a team that saw their season end at the hands of Northwestern last year. So Northwestern is the heavy favorite. I think kind of the bigger question really is, who might they be playing in the championship game out of the 3A South bracket? And it might be a team that comes out of a Lawrenceburg sectional. I know there's a player for Lawrenceburg that has caught your attention with some gaudy numbers. Oh yeah, well we we can discuss we can discuss that a little bit later. Lawrenceburg and uh, Northwestern, two of the top teams coming into 3A basketball, and then we 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 have to end it with, of course. 4A basketball. Now on the side of the 4A girls, there's a couple matchups that have really caught my eye. One of them, Warren Central versus North Central, sectional number 10. How many times have we talked about sectional number 10 in this podcast? Uh, Every show. (laughs) And we'll continue to. Every Every single show. show. And there's a reason for that. And let me tell you, Warren Central on the boys' side, phenomenal. On the girls' side, not too shabby either. 18-2. and Coach Stacy Mitchell has got her Warriors tearing through the Metropolitan Conference at 7-0. The team's Averaging 63 points a game. Three scores are over 10 points per game. The offense is just rolling. Shayla Beeler is their top guard and returning top player from last year. And Warren Central and North Central, again, by the time viewers see this, they've already played on Tuesday night. And they had to play on Friday night before then playing on Tuesday night. (laughs) And since Drake just told you who won, that Warren Central was 7-0 in the league, I appreciate that means they beat North Central on Friday night. So now the question is, who's left? Because the the expectation is is that whoever wins that game, the expectation is the way it's drawn. Lawrence North, an outstanding team, got the bye, and they're waiting for the winner of that game. And probably in the other half of the bracket, you're looking at Heritage Christian, who's Ooh. playing up not one but two classes in girls basketball, multiple-time state champs in 2A, won the 3A state title in 2016 as well under legendary head coach Rick Reisinger. Uh, they're likely waiting in the championship game. They just happened to beat Homestead last Monday night, the final week of the regular season. So, yes, it's it's some different teams we talk about from the girls compared to the boys, but there are four fantastic teams in each of the boys and girls sectional in sectional 10, the one on the northeast side of Indianapolis. Well, and the reason that this game is so compelling, because I'm, I'm a big stats guy, and when you look at the teams and how they've performed, I mean, we have North Central sitting at 18-6, and six, Warren Central's 18-2. and two. North Central averages 64 points and 32 rebounds a game, Warren Central averages 63 points and 28 rebounds a game. Oh, let's not forget, both teams have three scores over 10 points per game. So I'm really looking for that matchup to be a pretty close one. No doubt about it. And then we move on to the other matchup, which is Martinsville versus Center Grove. Now this is in 4A sectional number 13. Martinsville sitting at 18-6 and six this season. Jesse Johnson leads the Artesians undefeated in their conference, as many of these teams have been, especially going into the sectionals. The team shoots a very impressive 44%. That's a blistering percentage for team percentage. 44% from the court. Now on the other side, Center Grove, 19 and three, very close to their opponent. Kevin Stuckmeyer has got the Trojans five and two in the Metropolitan Conference, and that's with Warren Central. And they also have three scorers over 10 points a game, naming Ella Thompson, Emma Utterback, and Mary Wilson. 
that's bound to be a great matchup as well. No doubt about it. Center Grove just had a lengthy winning streak snap. They lost against LN in the final night of the regular season on Friday. But again, as we talked about in the in the previous segment, LN is a very good basketball team. And you say that about all the teams in the mix. They just beat up on each other. So the fact that Center Grove was able to go from mid-November until January 25th without a loss tells you that is a very good basketball team. Center Grove is the favorite just because they, they do play at Martinsville traditional power has mm-hmm. played a, a very good schedule but no one plays the level of schedule the teams from the mick do center grove is the favorite but martinsville can get them mm-hmm. if martinsville plays their best game juliana kemper she is the most as far as statistics go absolutely mind-blown if you read these lawrenceburg tigers junior five foot ten she is the point guard 19 points a game 11 rebounds four assists three steals two blocks for a point guard greg we are bound to see some very exciting things from the girls section the one thing i'll say is this for their sectional it is a very deep sectional so again greensburg with having a lot of different pieces from a year ago uh they picked up they had their 16th win of the season last week and having that experience even if it's maybe a different cast of players of playing all the way to bankers life Fieldhouse last year will help them but the eiac was a very good league for girls basketball east central in 4a is in their league but greensburg was solid lawrenceburg was solid rushville traditional girls basketball powerhouse so lawrenceburg had a couple of tough losses in the last couple of weeks to east central and triton central let's see if they get momentum back in their sectional going to be some amazing basketball coming from the girls sectional and at the end of the month we have the boys sectional but first we do have to ask what is on Rakestraw's radar? All right, uh, the game that is on my radar this week is Plainfield and Brownsburg. Now, Plainfield just suffered their second loss of the season. Uh, that was against Decatur Central. Congratulations to John Ashworth Hawks picking up a quality overtime win over Plainfield that also has an impact as, her, as far as the Mid-State Conference race is concerned because Plainfield had jumped out to the top of that league. Might make it a chance for somebody else to share that conference title with Plainfield. Their other loss this year was against Brownsburg. That was all the way back on January the 3rd in the semifinal game of the Hendricks County Tournament and Brownsburg and Plainfield are in the same sectional. So if Plainfield can claim a first sectional championship in 20 years, they got to go through Brownsburg. And Brownsburg is not a great shooting team, but they're a very physical basketball team. Cameron Alford has been their leading scorer for the last three years. They've got good size, and they're the only team that has beaten Carmel this year. Wow. Which tells you how good Brownsburg is. Steve Lynch teaches they do a great job from a defensive standpoint they also play a phenomenal schedule they have they have really i mean they're in a good league in the hoosier crossroads because of zionsville hamlin southeastern they play a lot of other quality teams outside of, of their conference foes so that game on thursday night at plainfield is one that hopefully you can go see if not mm-hmm. we'll have it for you on the isc sports network we've got girls basketball coming coming up this week for sectional we have boys basketball coming up at the end of the month for sectional greg thank you so much for uh bringing us rake straws radar of course another wonderful podcast you got it by the way quick shout out three young men and i'm not hitting everybody that did this but three different players that were on my radar went over a thousand points this week in their careers mm. simon banks from above jesuits going to play at the air force academy next year congratulations to andrew williams of heritage christian they got a quality win at oldenburg academy a pair of ranked teams on saturday night williams had 18 of the 34 that heritage christian scored in that game and they <laughs> still won 34 to 31 <laughs> wow. he went over a thousand points for his career but the most notable of that group is jalen blackman of marion high school over a thousand points in his 46th game he is a sophomore 
between Jalen Blackman and Luke Brown at Blackford, I do think that the all-time scoring record in this state, which has stood up now for 30 years, 29 to be exact, of Damon Bailey, could be in play a couple of years from now from each of those two. So something to look out for on down the road. We are out of time. Drake, thank you very much. We'll do thank it again you. next week. For Drake, Wally, Greg Rakestraw with you. Thanks for joining us here on Hangtime Indiana.